So, Lord, that is our prayer this Christmas season, is that all we would see is you, that all of the other things in our lives that seem to crowd out our view of you and our relationship with you, we pray that you would help us to be focused on you. Thank you that you are the God of the silence and the God of the fury. So on this day, we receive your goodness and your presence, and we say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You can go ahead and be seated. Claire and I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes on this, the fourth Sunday of Advent, on simply saying yes. We want to talk to you about uh, what does saying yes mean for God? What did God do for us and continues to do uh, in the universe to say yes? What did Mary do to say yes? And what could our response be to that? How do we say yes to God? The scripture tells us in Luke, uh, starting with in chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What a beautiful portion of Scripture, and in it we begin to see clearly that there is, there is this message that comes forth in the story of Jesus' incarnation that is clearly, it's a story of yes. You can miss it. It's easy to miss things in the Christmas story, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I heard a story about a little girl that came home from Sunday school and she had this picture and it was really well drawn. Actually, she was excited. She showed it to her mom and her mom began to look at it. Her mom had this puzzled look on her face, even though the drawing was done really well. She said, honey, can you help me understand this? It was a drawing of a plane and there were figures in the plane. And she said, well, yeah, this is the flight to Egypt, mom. This is the flight to Egypt. And the mom said, oh, that's great. And uh, she said, well, I, I recognize Mary and Joseph, but why is the pilot so angry? She said, well, that's Pontius Pilate. That's why he's angry. And, that's, and she said, oh, and she said, and who is the really heavy guy behind Mary, Joseph, and Jesus? Because I can see them on the plane. He said, well, that, she said, well, that's round John Virgin. <laughs> that is a cheesy joke, isn't it's, it? But, you know, sometimes a little cheese, cheese is awesome. There is a lot of misunderstanding, but one See thing that? is clear. Dean yes, liked it. One thing is clear is that um, there is a lot of yes in the midst of all of the drama of the incarnation story. Uh, and yes is important. Researcher Dr. Andrew 
Dr. Andrew Newberg says this. He, he had an article he came out with a while back. It was the most dangerous word in the world. And he says the most dangerous word in the world. He's a neuroscientist who specializes in spirituality and how that all connects. Anyway, this is what he said. He said, if I were to put you in an MRI scanner, a huge donut-shaped magnet that can take a video of your neural changes happening in your brain and flash the word no for less than one second, you would see a sudden release of dozens of stress-producing hormones and neurotransmitters. These chemicals immediately interrupt the normal function of your brain. They impair your logic, your reason, language, processing, and communication. In fact, just seeing a list of negative words for a few seconds will make a highly anxious or depressed person even feel worse. And the more you ruminate on them, the more you can actually damage key structures that regulate your memory, your feelings, your emotions. It'll disrupt your sleep, your appetite, your ability to experience long-term happiness and satisfaction. And he goes on in that article to talk about a steady diet of no in our lives can really kill our spirit. Hmm. But the truth is, is even though no happens in all of our lives, we were all created for yes. And God clearly brings yes to the conversation in the incarnation story. We understand this about wanting to say yes to people that we love. You think about it as a parent. If you're a parent, parents, when a child comes to you and says that they have an idea or an opportunity to adventure, we all as parents want to say yes to that adventure or that desire, even though at times we may have to say no. We want to say yes because we love our children. Or if you have friends that you're close with and they say they want to spend time with you and they might have something that they want to share, they want to share part of their life that possibly they've never even shared with somebody else, of course we want to say yes to that. Romance, there's a lot of yes that goes on uh, when it comes to romance. I was kind of a late starter with romance, Claire might say. I still haven't started, but anyway... (laughs) When it came to romance, I'll never forget the first time I asked a girl if she would kiss me. And she said yes. No surprise. Anyway, (laughs) that girl was Claire, and that was at our wedding. Actually, it was a priest that asked her if she would kiss me. And, uh, but anyway, we, we look for yeses. We you know, know, Scott should go over things with me before he says them. <laughs> Don't you guys think, let's take a vote. <laughs> <laughs> we carry yes and we carry no in our spirit. We carry it in our soul. When people around us say yes, not only with their words, but with their actions, we feel strengthened, we feel encouraged, we feel empowered. When those around us bring us a no, They tend to look for failure in our life and inadequacies and criticize, and we feel that. It it weighs on us. And when it comes to God and the yes of God in the story of the incarnation and really the story of God with us, there is a basic life question, a couple of them. The first one, is there a God? And this story that Jesus showing up on the earth for all of us communicates that there is a God. And then even beyond that, does God have a yes for your life or does God say no to your life? The Apostle Paul uh, clearly addresses this in, I think, a beautiful way in 2 Corinthians 1, 
18 through 20. This is what Paul says. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. When Jesus shows up, promises are fulfilled. Some have said that there are 7,457 promises in the scripture. All of those, directly or indirectly, are fulfilled by Jesus. But just the incarnation alone, over 400 specific Old Testament promises, some hundreds of years before Jesus comes to the earth, are fulfilled in Jesus showing up. The truth about Jesus, the truth about God, is God has a yes for us. If we were to ask God, God, will you save me? He would say yes. God, can you forgive me? He would say yes. Can you encourage me? Yes. God, can you cleanse me? Yes. God, can you comfort me? Yes. God, can you give me a fresh start? The promise is yes. Can you transform my life? God would say yes and does say yes. Can you strengthen me? Yes. Guide me? Yes. Give me wisdom? Yes. Can you take what seems impossible in my life and somehow make it possible? Yes. Can you be with me and give me the ability to forgive? Yes. Can you be with me all of my days on the earth? God says yes. And after I die... Will you resurrect me and make me a part of an amazing team effort under your leadership, God, that is unimaginable and splendid with ever-increasing seasons of productivity and enjoyment, which will go beyond my every hope and imagination. This is where it starts. God says, yes when Jesus shows up mm-hmm. on the earth. Can you guys just say yes? Like yes. I wanted to preach back to you and just say yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Right? So anytime you want to say yes this morning, could you just say yes? <laughs> yes. Really important. I mean, if no produces some bad things going on in your brain, can you imagine what yes produces in the brain. And I think when we realize that Jesus came in the form of a baby, he also learned yes from his mother. His mother taught him yes. Mary's yes. She said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed. But you didn't read this part, sweetheart. I love this, you know, this whole idea when the the angel is talking to Mary and she's saying, how can this be? And all of these things. But the first part of this, the angel, when the angel went to her, he said, greetings, highly favored. Mm. And, and she says, uh, and, and of course he says, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Which means she's been greeted before mm-hmm. by an angel. Mm. Right? Like this is a brand new kind of greeting for her. But this person, it sounds like she has had regular encounters with God. This was not, you know, just God just shows up anywhere, anytime. This is a person who was highly favored and blessed, like chosen out of the generations to be the person to house the Son of God. So I want you to think about that for a minute. If you have, uh, if you think you're awesome, which you are, say yes, yes, right? And your mother was highly favored to give birth to you, 
Right? That's right. Uh, Just think about this. This is the woman God chose out of all the generations to have this child. And so I don't think Jesus just showed up one day to some strange girl. This was a girl that, you know, I don't think that, that the angel showed up one day to a strange girl to give God's son. This was a girl that had a devotion to God. A devotion to God. And Mary, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You'll call him Jesus. The Lord will give you him the throne of David. He'll reign over Jacob's descendants, and his kingdom will never end. What kind of a woman gets chosen to house that person? And I just, I want us to marvel at that for a minute. You know, we don't sing a lot of songs about Mary, did you know, all year long. But around Christmas time, I just want to give you a good, solid dose of Mary, right? (laughs) The person that God chose to say, you will train up this child and teach this child how to say yes. She says, here I am, the servant of the Lord. But later, and I'm going to show you some artwork just from around the world with Mary and, and Gabriel. And what you want to notice is that these are different cultures, people who painted the story of Mary and Gabriel, because what we always say here at Crossroads is the scripture is not for information, it's for transformation. And we're always, when we're reading the story, we're allowing the story to read us. And we actually want to find ourselves in the story. So I love that people took the story of Mary and Gabriel and found their own yes to God in it. So this beautiful song is what Mary starts to sing. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things to me, and holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham, his descendants, forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Can you say yes and amen? Yes and amen. So here's Mary singing her song. When she says yes to God, all of a sudden she gets a song on. Now, I remember when I first started dating Scott, he played basketball. And don't let this be an example for you. He doesn't listen to it anymore. But he used to listen to Ted Nugent before games, didn't you? I did. You did. did. Like, it just, like, got your power going, right? I mean, think of songs that get your juju up. Right? What songs do you listen to? Think about that for a minute. There's songs you sing when you're trying to get your strength up, your courage, your bravery to go in and do the thing God's called you to do, right? Whether it's a basketball game or a board meeting or just talking to your friend. There are songs that you sing to strengthen you. There are songs you ought to sing on the way there right? Mary is singing this song, and I want you to imagine this. I can't do this today because we don't have enough time, but think about James, the brother of Jesus, and read the book of James, and then read the Magnificat, and see the parallels. See, because Mary was singing this song at her house all the time, and her boys heard it. 
It was about taking down rulers who are proud and lifting up the lowly. That was the song. Read the book of James. It's all about that. It's about widows, orphans, poverty struck. I mean, I love this. Jesus and James heard the song their mother sang, and they became some of the strongest. Of course, Jesus the Savior, and James a martyr for his own brother. I want you to think about the songs you sing to get your courage up. This song that Mary was singing was about her, yes, it was about keeping her courage. So go ahead. You know, I don't know what it is. I want to see you be brave. Just want to see you. Right, what, what is it? What is your song, your Magnificat, that reminds you to do what God has called you to do? How you can say yes to God. What is it? I mean, I think about the fact that Mary teaches us so much here just with this song. Taught her son something that cannot be replaced. The songs you sing over your kids, it will change their future. Yes. Sing over your children. Sing over them. I don't care if you can carry a tune in a handbasket. Sing something over them that tells them of their greatness, that they're blessed, that God will lift them up when they humble themselves. And God does not want them proud in their hearts. Sing a song they can't forget so that when they go through the valley of the shadow, they remember God is with me. Because I got to tell you, this Magnificat, she had to sing it a lot because her son was going to suffer And then her son James was going to suffer. She had to have a song that kept her strong and saying yes to God. She had to have a song that reminded her of her purpose in history. I don't know if you know about the first, what they call the the pro-evangelion, the first gospel, but it was in Genesis 3. And if you read it in the Dewey Reams version, it says, I will put enmities between thee and the woman and thy seed and her seed, and she will crush thy head, and thou shalt... And thou shalt lie in wait for her heel. You know what this means? God called Mary to kick the devil's head. (laughs) Crush that devil's head. Like there was going to be some, there was going to be a fight on. I I love this. Connie Worth painted this for me, and it's it's a rendering of an icon. If you can see it, there's a snake around Eve's leg, and and it is coiled. This is Eve, the one who's embarrassed, the one who feels shame. Mary's pregnant with the Savior, and she's got her foot on the head of the evil. So it's not about a snake. It's about getting your foot on the head of evil. Having authority over the work of evil. And Mary, look at her. Look at the kindness in her face. Look at her holding the hand of Eve and saying, this is where shame gets dealt with. Because I don't know if you know, but even as they say Jesus is the second Adam, uh, Mary is the second Eve. They both fix what got screwed up in Genesis 3. Here's what happens. When you say yes, you can put your foot on evil. When you say yes to God, you are crushing the work of evil. So I want to ask you, what story are you living believing? Because Mary, her yes, led her to believe that this was her job every day of her life. To get up, put her foot on the ground. I love somebody wrote this about, you know, I hope that every day you wake up, the devil says, oh, crap, she's awake. (laughs) Or, oh, crap, he's awake. Like every day you put your foot on the ground that literally evil shakes because you're up. Yes. And you're about to bring the goodness of God into the world and destroy the works of evil. What story are you believing? Are you believing the story of Eve that you have shame? Or are you believing the story of Mary that you were made for this? Mm -hmm. You were made to crush evil. See, evil is committed to keep us in shame. Let us make humankind in our image is what God said. And man and woman, they were naked and they were unashamed. 
And so what I want to say is you draw attention, drawing our attention to evil um, makes, rule, makes shame rule. Drawing your attention to Jesus makes Jesus rule. See, these two dominant effective forces, love and shame of the universe, represent the struggle between good and evil within each of us. These two effective states represented by the presence of the Holy Spirit on one side and our shame attendant on the other side, they're at war over us. And who's going to win today? See, I would love for you to take a picture of this picture or look it up online. I got to tell you, it is something that wakes, I have this in our prayer room. It reminds me that this is what God intends for the human people who embody him, is to put their foot on the head of the evil one. So I just want to say to you, the spirit echoes the voice of God telling us that we are daughters and sons whom God loves and in whom he is pleased. Our shame attendant, is what Kurt Thompson calls it, reminds us that uh, the story of evil can disconnect us from God and each other. So I just want you to know that while I know that the story of Mary can connect me with God because God chose a person God chose a human being. God could have come to earth any old way God wanted to. God could have come in a spaceship, but God came in a human body. Mm -hmm. And God wants us to know this picture and ask us, what story are you living believing? What story are you living believing? What are you living believing? Are you on this side with shame or are you on this side? You are blessed and highly favored. And you're here to put the devil under your feet. And remember that 60 to 90% of human communication is nonverbal. There's no words with this icon. If we could just get a glimpse of something that would say who we are, we would wake up differently and we'd carry on differently. Mm -hmm. And we'd carry the Son of God differently. Our yes would be yes Yes. and amen. Amen? Yes. Amen? Amen. So I just want you to stand for a moment. What our saying yes looks like is from Romans 12.1. It says, so then, friends, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. This is true worship that you should offer. See, our yes is just saying, I belong to you, God. I I don't know what God's going to ask you to do to put your your foot on evil, how you'll embody God and bring God to the world. I don't know how God will do that with you, but did you see all those renderings of the story from all over the world? People, you have a story of putting your foot on evil. Yes and annihilating shame. You have a story. It comes out in you. And when we continue to say yes to God, we're going to continue to see God's glory in the earth. So I just, for a moment, just bow your head with me and and say, God, I want to see the story of me putting my foot on evil. Like Mary did. I want to see how this Christmas could be a turning point for me to say yes to you. That with the songs I sing, with the words I say, that I say I'm striking no from my vocabulary. I want to say yes to God. And that the yes is going to be individual for me. So just for a moment in the quiet, allow yourself to hear what God is saying to you about saying yes to God.
into a disaster. I guess I don't really know what Christmas is about. Is there anyone who understands what Christmas is about? Sure, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there we're in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, watching over their flock by night. And lo, the angels of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone all about them, and they were sore afraid, and then the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which Christ is the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards mankind. That's what Christmas is all about. say thank you guys for saying yes you know they had a choice they did not have to read or sing today so can we thank them for saying yes <laughs> I know you can't clap right now because you've got your candles and up on the screen you're gonna see the ways that we say yes as a church um, this past 
food pantry was a time of wonder all over the building, over 146 families, which means over 500 people were receiving four days of meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a month. And that's what your food pantry does, right? So take a look. It's really, really cool. It's kind of a time-lapse photography of what goes on in here. Is that fabulous or what? And so it's one of the ways we say yes. You know, from kids to old people, there's people saying yes. There's people saying, I want to do what God's asked me to do. I want to be a part of Christmas. I love that Leanne asked everybody to wear their ugly sweaters, even though they really aren't ugly anymore. There used to be ugly sweaters. Now they're super cute. And, um, and everyone, the, you know, the joy of the Lord, uh, we heard from all the people, just the gift and grace of God. People getting clothes and food. I mean, look, look at the beauty of this place. Do you guys love your house? It's a house of light. It's a house of hope. And it's a house where people make God's glory come because they say yes. They say yes. They keep saying yes. They keep wanting to be there and greeting. You know, and it's not just at the food pantry, it's in all the ways that you love people. You get to see this, but there's so much that goes on that you have no idea goes on through the hands and feet of the people of this church. And there are ways that we love God. There are ways that we honor God, that we say, for unto us is born a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the ever lasting father and so like mary we can say my soul does magnify the lord and my spirit does rejoice in god my savior for he who has who is mighty has done great things and holy is his name and so even when you think about how this gets set up and not just for food pantry but every day of the week i mean there are people that do chairs there are people that pack pack up the, the groceries afterward. There are people that do work in the office. There are people that usher and, and serve, that are up teaching the children, that after it's a mess like that, that vacuum the floors at Crossroads. And it is because we want to say, yes, Lord, be it done to me, your servant. I belong to you. And so on this Christmas, kids, we want to say thank you for being a light in this room. Can you stand? Can you stand for us? And, and how about we all hold our lights up, and as you're walking out, we're all going to sing joy to the world. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. Joy to the world.
but hold your light up for the people in this room. And let, I wish I had a candle. How come I didn't get a candle? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I want you to have a candle. Okay, thanks. So may the light of God go with you. May the light of the Lord Jesus Christ guide your feet into the way of peace. May you be a city set on a hill, shining brightly for all to see. May you bring your light to those who are in the shadow of death. Let your light so shine before people that they will glorify God. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you. Let's blow out our candles, and on your way out, you'll be able to put those candles in the basket. And as we give the blessing, we just want you to uh, remind you it's been freezing rain all during the service, so please be very careful. Our volunteers have been salting, but we want you to watch your steps as you go out. Thank God for volunteers.